Welcome everyone back to A to Z podcast, an Ultraman podcast where we talk about everything Ultraman under the sun. I am John and Orgheim, and I'm always joined by my lovely co-host. Hello everyone, it is Dr. Swoose, the science scientist, the madman without a plan, and the doctor of disaster. Now, my good man Gaim, what is our topic for today? Well, uh, since our first episode was kind of an introduction on who we are, what we kind of like to do, uh, our toku journey as I worded it, Mm -hmm. this episode I want to do a little bit something different and kind of give like a overview of the Ultraman franchise not going into detail in any one particular place, but just kind of a bird's eye view of what the past 55 years of Ultraman has looked like. So essentially, we're going to start at the beginning and then go to where we are now just by taking bits and pieces and saying, hey, here's this, this happened in here. And, you know, just trying maybe like brief glimpses into each season. Yeah, pretty much. And okay. uh, for... For those individuals who have found our podcast because they're Ultraman fans and they're searching out Ultraman-related media, a lot of this is going to be stuff they already know. Right. But it's possible that people are just now getting into Ultraman, especially with the new wave of fans from Ultraman Z. Mm-hmm. And they want to kind of dive in a little bit more about Ultraman and don't really know where to start because it has been going on for 55 years. So I want to kind of paint a little bit of a picture of what they can expect from different series and where they can go to kind of find a, a series that matches their sensibilities, like what they're kind of into their tastes and tones. So almost a, uh, here's each Ultraman. What's your ultra? Yeah, a little bit like that. Um, but if we want to go ahead and get into it, I've kind of started with a little bit of a, like, what is Ultraman? We, we've said his name a lot, but what is an Ultraman? Um, I know this one. It's a man, and he's very ultra. Yes. That is not incorrect. But basically, Ultraman, as the franchise is concerned, is a sci-fi special effects franchise that consists around a giant alien coming from space and landing on Earth to fight other giant-sized monsters. Otherwise called kaiju. Yeah. So very much to like the Godzilla films of the Showa era. These are men in suit fighting another man in suit. And as far as the human characters are concerned, Ultraman usually merges with a human host so that this alien can stay on earth for an extended period of time right something to do with their energy on earth can't be sustained right yeah um 
So the fights generally last about three minutes because they have a color timer on their chest that blinks when their energy starts depleting. So for the character to stay on Earth's atmosphere for any period of time, they have to go in like a dormant state inside of a human host. And that's the general framing device around the plot for any given season. I mean, but that's... I don't know if it's true for a lot of the Showa series, but some, especially the new generation, have not to say gotten away from that, but had exceptions to that, right? Right. And there's there's going to be exceptions that we'll uh, touch in on later, but I'm just speaking in broad terms here. Like, for example, most of the... I think all of the Showa series, I'm not entirely sure because I haven't seen them all, but... Most of the series have a sort of science patrol-like militaristic team that uses um, high-tech technology and fighter jets. And the, these, the, the Ultraman host is usually a part of this team. So the, the audience is able to follow along with them going on their journey. So it's more like, so I guess so we can relate. It's a group of humans that they're doing something. It, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, we're the anti-kaiju squad. We're like, we're just people who are doing things that are tangential to whatever uh, is going on in the overall plot. And sometimes he's associated. Sometimes he's just kind of like a arm's length associated. Isn't that right? Yeah, um, exactly. So the general basis is that the character is usually associated with the science team, mm -hmm. but in order to create differences from series to series, they deviate from said formula. Kind of like in Super Sentai, where you generally have a set of te a team of five and you have that set formula, then somewhere in 10 episodes, you get a sixth quote-unquote ranger coming in. But, of course, there's always seasons that deviate from that. Oh, so, so kind of like, um, like in that, like in for the Super Sentai one, like uh, you say, or I say more related to Power Rangers, I would say, uh, Mighty Morphin's like, oh, we're this secret organization led by an alien. Well, it's organization. That's a bit broad since there's only five of them. But, you know, Super Force by the head Zordon. But then you get the later episode seasons, like um, in space, where it's like, well, we're just intergalactic people who are powered up. Hmm. Right? Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. I'm not entirely sure what you meant by that. But, yeah. Well, I we'll, mean, we'll like, it's clearly, it's like clearly different bases. Like, okay, clearly the same thing's going on, but... It's all different formatting. You know, it's like, oh, we're still a team, but what the team does, what it's about, whether or not it's openly public-oriented or not, it's like all the factors are different, so it keeps a fresh take on something that's technically the same. Yeah, yeah. that, that I'd say that's a fair assessment. Um, it they, they tend to deviate a little bit from... They, they set up this formula, and they follow the formula, but the, the interesting bits is how they deviate from the formula. Right. So it's like, for example, oh, this time, 
for the Super Sentai example, oh, this time we're starting with nine Rangers instead of five, for example, with Q-Ranger. Or even a bit more recently than that, this time we have two teams instead of one. Right. So it's the deviations from that formula is what helps differentiate series to series and what makes it a little bit more interesting, I would say. But before we kind of get into a little bit more about each series, I want to kind of explain a little bit how we name and classify these series. So, Oh, like grouping them together for their overall categories, right? Right. So you're familiar with this, but we refer to the older stuff as the Showa series. And then we have the Heisei series. And then here recently we have the Reiwa. But that's named based off of, in Japan, they name their years off of the Emperor's reign. Mm -hmm. So the Showa era was from 1926 to 1989. And then starting in 89, the Heisei era began and went until 2019. Mm -hmm. In May of 2019, a new emperor took the throne and began the Reiwa era. They still use our year system. It's not uncommon to see something written coming out in 2021 but you can almost as often find something where it says reiwa year three really it's not uncommon to see that i actually have never noticed that i mean i don't pay attention to a lot of the japanese calendars type stuff and i can't read japanese really so that kind of textual stuff will just go over my head that's actually really right. interesting. I didn't realize that they have like a parallel calendar dating system. Right. So specifically for like formal documents and governmental documents and official things, it's going to be written right while you're three. I see. But at anything that's like pointed outward, like for example, like, movie releases that the trailers might circulate worldwide. It will, might probably just say just coming 2021. Mm-hmm. So it's almost the internal versus external publication. Right. But I also think it's, it's as common internally for both. Hmm. You, you, you just won't see the, the Rewa year three thing for external. Okay. That's actually really fascinating. I didn't know that part of it. Right. So with when we talk about media that comes from a certain era, we say, oh, that show was from the Showa era. That's a Mm. Showa series. Or this series was from the Heisei era. Mm -hmm. That's how we can kind of classify and divide up these series with these kinds of fandoms they 
tend to add extra classifications. Right, after For it gets example, so big, right? What was that? After, like, so many things go into the group, you kind of have to. Right, and I'll, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit. Um, for example, with Godzilla, after, or starting with Godzilla 2000, the film, that, show, that movie and everything following it is referred to as the Millennium Series. While everything prior, starting with, I think, 1984, was called the Heisei Series. Even though the Millennium Series took place during the Heisei era, they add a different classification to it for the sake of clarity because mm -hmm. they're two different continuities. I see. So it also has to do almost with like a, it could be subdivided in plot or like connection to each other. Like this is like a new universe, I guess is the way to describe it. Right. There, so, there is a deviation between these. So they're using a different character, uh, a different category to differentiate between the two. I see. Okay. So are we current? You said we're currently still in Millennium. Is that still true, or have we split again? No. Mm -mm. The Millennium ended in I think two thousand four. Oh. When the Godzilla Final Wars was the last film for a while. So um, I think they're referring. Uh, I think that they're referring to the new stuff as just the Reiwa era films, but. I'm still new to Godzilla, so if I'm if I'm wrong with that, forgive me. I'm just I'm a little bit I'm way more new to Godzilla than I am anything else Toku related. But as far as common writers concerned, oh, they're uh, naming conventions super easy. Like, well, I guess there is a bit of weird time frame for stuff. Like all these series, as far as like television shows go. If their era pretty much just falls in right in line, uh, like all everything from before Kuga is just Showa, right? right. Even he, though they were made in the Heisei era. Well, some of like some of the movie specials, like Zeto. Yeah, I'm, I'm specifically talking about Zeto and Shin. I think Jay too, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, all of them are um, Showa technically, even though. Or not, but I think it's because Common Rider kind of died for a little while. Uh, we won't get into that, but when the shows started coming back, it they were already a few years into Heisei, so I was like, oh, this is now the Heisei generation. And that went from, technically it goes from Kuga all the way to Jio, uh, but there is a split in there as well, because uh, the first 10 are referred to as Heisei, but from double on... It's referred to as Neo Heisei. And I think that has something to do with product marketing. That's how it's divided. But also could have something to do with how um, the 10th show, Decade, was literally like a centennial, or not centennial, um, decadial, I don't know, 10 years. And they glooped them all together and said, here's this guy who has all these powers. We're segmenting off this segment and done. And they even did that again with Geo because his was like more overreaching of the whole Heisei. Correct. And I also think 
part of the Zeto and the J and Shin, this distinction is that those films match the Showa tone a lot more than they match the Heisei tone. So they are also... Go ahead. I'm inclined to agree with you, except you've never seen Kuga. That's true. Kuga and Agito actually make a good bridge between the two because you can begin to see the transitions. Right. Um, we I think I don't know. Ryuki was still had dark moments. I don't. I don't think the show started getting more light until maybe really Fies, and even then, Fies is a fun show, but Fies is also dark. But I once again digress. Right. This is about Ultraman, yeah. not Kamen Rider. Yeah, yeah, but. I'm just pointing out that there are additional classifications on top of the actual eras. Right. And Ultraman also has an additional classification um, on top of the Showa and the Heisei era. Starting with Zero Forward, they're referred to as the New Generation Heroes. But Zero Which, didn't have his own show. He was all specials based, correct? Correct. And I would also say that Zero was more or less the bridge between the Heisei and the New Generation heroes mm-hmm. because Zero's more or less present throughout the whole gen- New Generation. So I would include him just as much, if not more so, than the other New Generation heroes. Right. So he he's very much a bridge. But this distinction's not just like a fan distinction because Subaraya themselves use the classification as new generation heroes. No, like totally cuz um even in uh I want to say Jeed Zero got a new form called the new generation form, right? Well, it wasn't called that, but the item he used literally had the moniker New Generation in it, if I remember correctly. Uh, like the capsules. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I cannot remember specifically what it's called. But, yes. I was also... The, the, the more apparent thing that I was thinking of was Ultra Galaxy Fight New Generation Heroes. That's yeah, the well, name of the title. And then Taiga's movie is New Generation Climax. So, the fact that it's used makes adds a little bit of validity to it. Right. Specifically for the Godzilla uh, distinction, well, specific, I, I'm not entirely sure if Toho uses the terminology as the Millennium Series. They might. I'm not sure about that. But for Kamen Rider, the whole Neo Heisei era distinction is completely fans. Yes, because even like um, in uh, I think it was Gaim, they had a whole movie that was Heisei versus Showa, but they didn't like discriminate Heisei into Neo Heisei. It was like, nope, these are all Heisei and these are all Showa. And right, but it helps the fans so I, divide it up. Yeah, and I've also seen a lot of arguments based on that because there are the people who strictly go with the namesake and was like the Heisei era at that point the Heisei era hasn't stopped it's still the Heisei era 
There is no new Neo Heisei. That doesn't exist. And then you have other people saying, yeah, we know it doesn't exist, but it just helps classify the different the different series a little bit more descriptively. Which, I don't really care one way or the other. I'm not going to scream at you for using the terminology. As long as you admit, like, yeah, we know it's... You're not going to go onto a Japanese calendar and see the Neo Heisei era. Right. I mean, exist. I like the naming convention. I know it's not entirely appropriate, but it fits. And it, it's a nice, yeah. clean split because there was exactly 20 seasons for Heisei. Yeah, and I, don't think I, that was on I also either. agree. I also agree. I don't. I don't find it as annoying as some other people. There's a lot of arguments that will start just over this stupid name. You know, people argue about anything, but hey, at least it's a lot more clean than the Ultraman one because, like, while I think that calling the new generation is fine, there's no like real clear split of when this opened up. And we're still technically in new generation for Ultraman. Like, at what point now do we move into whatever comes next? Yeah, I I don't know. I guess time will tell. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I personally add a little bit more distinction to the Ultraman classification. You'll probably hear me say early Heisei, referring to Pega and anything prior to Zero mm-hmm. as a further distinction between the new generation and what follow uh, what came before it mm-hmm. because they're, they're all Heisei era with the exclusion of Taiga and um, Zet. Those are Reiwa, but excluding those two, they're all Heisei. So you might hear me say early Heisei when I'm referring to Tiga, Dinah, Gaia, stuff like that. Just, personally right but yeah that kind of now that we have naming conventions out of the way for those who are new to this what we can get into the showa era where it started so it starts with eiji Subaraya, who is the special effects director for the original 1954 gojira or godzilla and he worked on quite a lot of films at Toho. At some point, he left Toho because he wanted to create his own company. Mm-hmm. And there is a ton of backstory around all of this. And we'll get into that later. I want to do a whole creation of Ultraman episode talking about all that stuff but yeah we'll we'll talk episode and that's just about subaraya at some point i think we could probably do a whole thing just on that yeah for sure and i don't want to bog it down too much with this all i'll say is when they got to the point of creating their own show they made a show for tbs which is the toku broadcasting system not the turner broadcasting system as we know tbs to be they created a show based on the American show's Outer Limits and The Twilight Zone called Ultra Q. Ultra Q was a monster of the week kind of 
show, which will be prevalent in the series to follow. I wonder why. But it, it was it 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 was based off of these three or four human characters dealing with extraordinary circumstances. Sometimes it's an alien invasion. Sometimes it's a giant monster that came out of the ground. Sometimes it's something else. But something else. I feel like that covers yeah. everything. What what what's something else? I guess she'll just have to watch and find out, won't you? <sighs> this is how he got me to watch Ultraman, by the way. <laughs> so basically this show was such a success. TBS was like, make more, please. Make us more show. And he was like Okay, but this time I want it to be a little bit different. I want to have a good monster fighting a bad monster that we could follow week to week. And this show went through several versions we'll cover later. But Hmm. they pretty much settled on a humanoid alien shape versus a monster with a traditional like kaiju style. Now, on that, I actually have a question because you may or may not know this. Um, you said they settled on a humanoid shape. Was Ultraman almost a kaiju himself? Yes. Really? <laughs> do we know what that was like at all? Like, um, do we know like maybe even specifics? Like what he may have looked like? Are we to assume he was closer to maybe looking like a Godzilla type creature? Just what do we know anything about that at all? Yes, we do. Um, I don't know the name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I have forgotten it. But his design was later repurposed into an actual kaiju. Really? Yes. Not for this series. It was for a different series. But the designer reused the design for something else. Oh, so he wasn't even used in Ultraman, ultimately? That's correct. Oh, Huh, now I'm really curious. I'm gonna, I have to find this out later. I will, okay, we'll we'll cover this. I think in the Ultraman episode. Let's yeah. This make a is note very that, much. I'm actually really much, interested in this. Right. Sorry. No. This no. is very much top <laughs> Discord lag, man. We end up talking over each other. Oh no. Uh, but yeah. So this this is very much territory for the Ultraman episode alone. Stay tuned. Right. We will cover this at some point. So they made Ultraman. Same thing. Make us another show. Do a season two. This is fantastic. Okay. I'll do more, but let's do something different. I got a better idea for you. So that's when they swap to ultra seven. Oh, buddy. And did some cool stuff come from him in a way? Yeah. Um, some people will say Ultra Seven's probably their favorite series. And I've seen it. Because I am not very far in it, honestly. I am working my way through it right now. Um, every season is someone's favorite season. Because there's something that connects them to it. You know, it might be the show that was on when they first started watching Ultraman. Right. 
or it might be a character that resonates with them more or it might be a kaiju design that they absolutely love so every season is someone's favorite and i've heard ultraman ultra seven being one of those mm-hmm. now here's a tidbit of information you might not actually know Ultra 7 wasn't originally supposed to be in this connected Ultraman universe. Really? Yeah, it was its own thing. I guess that's why he's not Ultraman Ultra 7. He's just Ultra 7. Right. And it wasn't until later that they decided to fold that in and just make it the entire continuity. But... After Ultra 7, they come out with Return of Ultraman, which has been, he's referred to as Ultraman Jack in everything that follows, but he isn't referred to as Ultraman Jack in the series itself. It's just a different Ultraman, and they know him as Ultraman. That's pretty interesting. And um that's also the one where Zofie's from, right? No. No? Oh. Mm-mm. See, I don't know. Show us stuff. Please educate me. Or maybe it uh, maybe that segues into the next thing we're talking about. I don't want to tell you where Zofie's from. Oh. Alright. Well never I mind. I don't want to ruin I don't want to ruin the surprise for you. Stay tuned where he doesn't ruin it for me, but we'll ruin it for all of you next episode. <laughs> no. <clears throat> no, so after Ultraman Ace or sorry, after Return of Ultraman, we get Ultraman Ace. And then we get Ultraman Taro. Mm-hmm. And then after Ultraman Taro, we get the anime series called The Ultraman. Now you might be familiar with this slightly because he makes his first suited appearance in Ultraman, or sorry, Ultra Galaxy Fight, The Absolute Conspiracy, which just finished airing as we're recording this. So you remember seeing that. Oh, um, the, the guy with the star, right? Jonius? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Ultraman Jonius. So this is the anime about him. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, he was pretty neat. Um, I still need to finish that. I haven't seen the last episode. Right. Yeah, and then after like that, person. after that, that was in '79, and then to end that out, uh, end out the show era, we got Ultraman '80, airing in 1980. I wonder why his name is called that. He came to us from the stars. Yes, I love that song. <laughs> That's that's part uh, of his theme song, by the way, in case you're wondering where that came from. Like, and that's right. in English too. Like, if you listen to his theme song, it just there's a part in it that he just says that, and unbroken, really clear English. I don't know why that came about, but it did. Because he came to us from the stars. Yeah, but why I mean, did they choose just that line to put in English? I don't know. Maybe you needed to know that. I guess they they wanted everybody to know. Yeah, so I kind of breezed through the Showa era mainly because 
I haven't seen most of it. Like I spoke about in our episode one, it wasn't until recently that I've actually gotten into the Showa era of Ultraman because we, both me and Swoos, have had this bias against the Showa era series. So I have seen the regular 1966 Ultraman. I am watch. I've seen a couple episodes of Ultraman uh, Ultra Q, and I am currently in the middle of watching Ultra Seven, but I am nowhere near far enough to give any kind of opinions on it. Yeah, and I've barely watched the first Ultraman. I'm enjoying it. But those shows, um, I, we were actually talking about this before we started recording. It's really interesting that the psychology of the shows like, and what they are built for is so different. Because the way the shows are oriented today, you want to binge and shotgun all of them. But the, um, the old Ultraman, like, you can watch an episode and after you watch it, like, not like whether or not you enjoyed it at all. Usually I do enjoy them, but after I watch one, I'm like, mm, I'm done. I don't really want to watch another one. It's filling. It's like a complete meal. Yeah, it's very satisfying just to watch the episode, which I think now, after being able to make this observation, I think that's why there's a bit of disconnect between the generations that watch them, because that's what they want. They want one-and-done episodes versus what we have now. I don't... I hadn't thought about that. That might be part of it. The thing that... The thing that sticks out to me is that because and and I'm referring to specifically Ultra Q, Ultra Man, and Ultra 7 Mm -hmm. because I think those are the ones that Tsuburaya worked on himself and then I think everything past that his son took over but because I think he passed away somewhere around that time I don't have my dates don't take that Take that with a grain of salt. Um, for those episodes, I'll have all that written out so I can provide you accurate information. But the point I'm trying to make here is because he worked on Godzilla and those early God's- Toho films, he designed these episodes to be like a 30-minute complete film. So every week you got... A 30-minute complete film. So you got your fill. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. But shows now, they're so bingeable because, A, that's just our culture with, like, Netflix and streaming services. We just binge shows. That's what we do. We find a show we want to watch, and we sit there and just binge right through it. But it's just kind of harder to do that with the older shows and it's not that I'm not enjoying them. I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing. It's just, I'm full, you know, it's like you're eating a big old piece of pie. Yeah. Like a lot of the newer episodes, it's like, there's this whole narrative that's going on and it's like, you want to know what's happening next. It doesn't feel like it's finished. Yeah. And then like, it it leaves breadcrumbs for you. And like some of the episodes, even still, like even if they're open and closed episodes, it's like, well, there's still this overarching narrative that's going on. And even if the episode had nothing to do with that, like it may make good standalone episodes, it's like, well, that's like 
having a piece of toast before you eat your meal. Like, it doesn't satisfy you. It's just to hold you over to what comes next. Right. That's true. Uh, and the analogy I was going to throw out is the the older uh, Showa episodes are a piece of pie. You've eaten your slice, and you're you're satisfied. The mm-hmm. new series are candy, and you just keep popping another piece. You know, let me get another piece of candy, another piece of candy, another piece of candy. I guess that's you the way. I know. I guess that's the way. To, I don't know. These food analogies are making me hungry. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's like definitely the difference between a full serving versus a, uh, I don't know, eating three square meals a day versus eating nine miniature meals throughout the day. I don't know. That's a weird analogy, but that's also food. Why are we doing food analogies? I think we're just hungry. <laughs> we are now. I ate lunch before we came here. Yeah, food analogies will do that for you. I, I talk about what I know. I know food. <laughs> talk about uh, Ultraman. Anyway. Um, that's true. We, so, we've gotten off on this tangent, but the point is um, they they satisfied differently. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. And if if I was doing this podcast a year ago, I'd probably just say the Showa era stuff's not for me. That's cool if you like it. It's not for me. I don't care about it. Shoot, last year, if we had done this a month earlier, I would have said that. Well, I mean, a month earlier it was last year. Shut up. <laughs> it's oh, um, it's almost the next month. Quiet. Oh, uh, but yeah. So I've recently grown a appreciation for it, and I intend to make it through all of these series at some point and do episodes on them. I intend to watch every series at some point. I've I have watched quite a lot, but there's nowhere near close to watching them all. And I and my long-term goal is to watch them all and to cover them at some point. I don't plan on it, but somehow I'm going to end up doing it. <laughs> uh by the twist of the arm not even going to be that. It's going to be a, like a, I'm bored. Oh, hey, I have all of the seasons available because good releases. Yeah. So let's transition away from the Showa era stuff. Right. So um, after Showa era, what is the next era and who does it start with? Well, it's a little weird because 80 marked the end of consecutive releases mm-hmm. for a while. And there was a bunch of just little random stuff just sprinkled in. Uh, There was several, like, chibi anime. There was even a cat-related anime. Wait, what? Yeah. I've tried to find it. It's kind of hard to find, but... There was a lot of random just sprinkled bits. So, Is this where um, Ultra Nice comes in? Or is he mm, later? No, he was actually around the time of Tiga. Oh, okay. Okay, so... But it's that kind of content. Yeah, it's just kind of like one-off things. And um, at the beginning here, before we get into Tiga, which is viewed as the beginning of the Heisei era, mm-hmm. there were a few things prior to that. Okay. Um, 
this was a little bit before the effects of the lawsuit that we'll talk about at some point that kind of stopped them from spreading into like the Western audience. But before, before all that stuff kind of started happening, they did try to release Western Ultraman twice. The first one was Ultraman towards the future. And this was a Australian co-production so all of the actors are Australian. Wait, so is this like a whole speak- new show? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking like, you know, just when I think tried to bring it to the West, I always think um what they did with, you know, of course, your Mighty Morphin or um the Common Rider show that was RX but really bad. Right. Uh Master Rider. Yeah, Master Rider. Um no, they actually made their own show. Um, it was a shorter show. It was like a 12 or 13 episode miniseries. But it was called Ultraman Towards the Future, and it was referred to as Ultraman Great when they released it in Japan. This was an Australian production. It aired on Australian television, and it also aired on American television. So if you were a child at this point, which we weren't born yet, but if you were a child at this point you would have seen Ultraman on television. And it was this. I actually really enjoy this show. We'll cover it at some point. Okay. I've got a lot to say about it, but it's a good show. And then a few years later, they tried to do it again, but they wanted to do an American production. This is an interesting story, an episode all on its own. But due to terrible production problems, will suffice it to say, it turned out that it could have been a little bit better than what we ended up with. Needless to say, it never aired on American television. So an American production that never aired on American television. So where did it air? It only aired in Japan with subtitles. <laughs> what? Yes. That's, that seems a bit odd, but okay. This was called Ultraman the Ultimate Hero, or its Japan Japanese name, Ultraman Powered. Yeah. Um, needless to say, the people who worked on it tried their best, but the people who were in in charge of the American side, did not exactly give them the resources they needed to make a decent show. I'll suffice it there. But (laughs) we'll, we'll get into that on that episode. But I recently watched it, and it has good merits. It has some good stuff about it. It's just plagued with so many issues that a lot of people uh, that the general consensus with it is it's not a good show but i personally think it's worth watching at some point it just shouldn't be your first viewing of a ultraman series so it's more of one of those ones that's like watch it if you have an appreciation for ultra not if you don't know what ultraman is and you don't know if you're into the series yet correct because i honestly think it would turn you off 
hey, look, it's that it's that time period's version of Ginga. <laughs> um disclaimer, I like Ginga. Moving on. Right. But that you just put that in my head, there's actually a lot more parallels than you think. Anyway, we'll 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 save that for another day. Um after that, there was a little bit of time off and Subaraya comes together and very much with like Kuga for Common Rider starting a new chain of like consecutive shows. This is where when they released Tiga, he was so popular. This lines up with a new age of consecutive shows. While prior, we just had one-offs up until before 80. You know what I'm saying? I see. Okay, so that's why you brought up Common Rider before. <laughs> right. Because so, it's kind of the same situation. Right. So we get Tiga, which is extremely popular. I've yet to see it. I'm kind of waiting on... Mill Creek's release of Tiga to get into it, but it's up there on ones I want to watch. To be fair, that's like the only real way to watch them right now. Yeah. But it's coming yeah. at some point. We'll get it one day. Right. So Tiga started a whole new generation of fans for Ultraman. And they even did a American dub of it on the Fox box, I believe. In America. Um, this sounds familiar, but I don't remember. I remember seeing it on TV and never catching it. But I remember ads for it. But the the dub was done as a satire or like they weren't the, the dubbing wasn't taking it serious. Like the kind of things where they're just sitting here doing sarcastic comments to each other and making fart jokes. And they're talking about how ridiculous this whole thing is. And the fact that they're, they're, they're trying to do the whole self-aware thing, but it just comes off as arrogant and it comes off as they don't really care about the property, or at least that's the way I interpret it. Oh, that's unfortunate. And it wasn't popular either. They didn't even finish it. I think it was... they. I don't think they finished the dub. I think it was cut off before they finished it. Or it, it, If they finished the dub, I don't think they aired it all. Either way, I can't remember. But, so Tiga shows up. Next year, they have Ultraman Dinah. And then the next year, they have Ultraman Gaia. Hmm. Tiga and Dinah exist in the same universe, but they, but Gaia takes place in its own thing, but they do cross over quite a lot. There's a lot of content of those three interacting, like movies and specials and whatnot. This is also a little bit of my blind spot. These are ones I want to watch, but I haven't gotten around to watching them yet. Right after, they're uh, yeah, their releases don't quite exist yet, so it's a bit more difficult to find them. 
Right. Um, at one point in time, Gaia was on Crunchyroll, but I'm not entirely sure if he still is or not. Uh, after Gaia, they tried to do a thing rebooting the original Ultraman called Ultraman Neos. This was at the turn of the century around 2000. Because the main two characters was Ultraman Neos, which was a reboot version of the original Ultraman, and then Ultra 721, which was a up like a reboot version of Ultra 7. He was called 2-1 because 21st century, and when if being alive in the year 2000, a lot of things wanted to market on the turn of the century. You had Godzilla 2000. Tons of movies had the word 2000. Pokemon 2000. Um, they put 2000 on a lot of stuff. Or 21st century. Stuff like that, you know? Yeah, it's what you did. It was, it literally marked the era because that's what everybody did. Just like how... Yeah. um. Those fancy uh, pants marked the 80s. Oh, what am I thinking of? Not bell bottoms. <laughs> Maybe it was bell bottoms. Uh, um, I don't know, dude. Uh, but yeah, after Neos, um, they did Cosmos. And Cosmos is an interesting one. He... Pretty much, for most Ultramen, the monster... Shows up, destroys the city, and Ultraman takes it down. Mm-hmm. But Cosmos was the kind of character who didn't want to resort to killing the monster. If he could make it calm down or stop its rampage peacefully, Pacify he did it. that. Yeah, he would... He would de-escalate the situation and only destroy the monster if he absolutely had to. So So, he was very much sympathetic to the plight of well, this creature exists in nature. It's just unfortunate that it's doing this now because of uh, unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. So, like I said, every series is someone's favorite. And I've heard that Ultraman Cosmos is a lot of people's favorite as well, but partly because of how different it is to the status quo. Cosmos is my favorite Ultraman I've never seen. Speaking of things that changed the status quo, the next series after that was Ultraman Nexus. Oh, is that where Nexus comes in? Oh, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one we have seen episodes of, by the way. I have seen all of Nexus. Swoos here has seen about 15 episodes. I've seen. So he's he's into it pretty deep. I've um without spoiling it, I've seen it up into the turning point. And those of you who've seen the show know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I would say the first turning point. The f- there's oh, there's more than one. But, okay. Okay. We're going to have to keep watching these episodes. 
Yeah, for sure. I love this show. And like I said, there is a huge fan base of Nexus online as well. Um, strangely enough, for some reason, China right now is releasing Chinese versions of Ultraman Nexus toys. And I assume that they're going to be airing the series like this year. Which is strange because that show came out in like 04, 05, somewhere around there. It's an interesting play to be sure. I mean, heck, didn't we get um, VR Troopers way later? Or um, wait, what was it? What is the Japanese one? It's uh, Me- it's Beetleborg it's Rose, Metal, Metal Hero, right? Yeah. But it's wasn't Metal Heroes. Well, it wasn't Metal Hero like way done by the time we got it? Honestly, I think so. I think yeah. it was like the 80s. Yeah, so like, I mean, you say it's weird, but the same thing happened in America with that show. Yeah, but, yeah, I guess you got a point there. See, the thing I was just thinking of was, like, that would be, like, reusing old footage, and this is, they're not doing the Power Ranger thing where they add more footage. They're just going to, like, dub it or put subs on it. Yeah, I said... I suppose that's weird. It'd be like if they decided to just to suddenly dub um <laughs> who would be a good one? Uh Tiga and just well no, this is Ultraman. Something else, Kuga. They dubbed Kuga and just threw it in the American audience. Like it's really far gone by, past at this point. Like it's twenty years ago. But also <laughs> they put brand new Ultraman Kuga toys on the shelves. Yeah. To go along with it. See, that's the interesting point to me. And I'm really, I, I really like the ship in Nexus. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try and pick up this Chinese release if it's any good. If it's not total crap, I'm going to try and pick those, pick that up because it on the aftermarket is absolutely outrageously priced. Like, Remember, everyone, hold on to your um your products that you get. Because way down on the road, like we said, it's always somebody's favorite, and they will want to come back and pick up product, probably. Yeah, and another thing, too, like for toys on the shelves now, if you hold on to something 10, 15 years, when that kid who wanted that toy couldn't get that toy when he was a kid and he got his first job, he'll want to go and buy it. And if you still have it, you can sell it for a decent price. <laughs> but that being said, Nexus is amazing. But I also don't recommend it being someone's first Ultraman. It's too different from what Ultraman is. It is like it's a good show. I love it so far. And um it's not really something that's like, okay, you're gonna watch this and then you're gonna get something else, and then you're not really gonna appreciate the show. Like, that's kind of happened to Gaim here with Kamen Rider, because his first one, spoiler yeah. alert, was Gaim. And yeah. that one takes a very vastly different page than really any of the other ones I've seen. So, right, it probably wasn't the Forget- best one to start you on, because now that's what you crave, and you don't get it. Exactly. And, well, specifically with Gaim, the director was the same guy who did Madoka Magica. 
So if you know anything about that show, it's very much a deconstruction of the genre of magical girls. So it's a little bit darker and it's not necessarily a satire because it's not like making fun of it. It's like pointing out things. Yeah. It's pointing things out about it, about the genre. And that's the same thing for common writer. He did the same thing for common writer guy. It's you go in thinking it's one show and then the ball drops and it turns into a completely different show and it doesn't stop going until the very end. And it's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But, because the show is like mega goofy at first. Like, yeah. like even the whole concept, which really the concept itself, this isn't a common writer show. I don't want to go into the super a lot, but as <laughs> short as I can say, common writer Gaim, its whole thing is like they're fruit ninjas, literally. Like they use these giant fruit powers and it's super silly. And the only reason that they're fruits was literally because in the previous season, the main character ate donuts all the time and a lot of parents complained. Yeah, that's <laughs> a true fact that that is a thing that happened. But anyway, that's that's the bit I wanted to note on that. It's super mega ridiculous because of an unforeseen event and it is not super silly by the end. Very good yeah. show, though. Moving on back to Nexus and what were we right. talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the reason why we brought up Gaim is because it's it's a darker tone and it puts a flavor in your mouth for what you expect more series to be like. But it's such a outlier for the rest of the franchise that if you don't like what you're given afterward it can turn you off the whole franchise, which was what kind of happened with me for Common Rider because I loved Gaim so much that getting Drive afterward and then go doubling back to other shows, the shows being so different than Gaim, I just kind of, it took me a while to come around to it. So if you go into Nexus and absolutely loving it, and then you want more of that. Mm. Most of Ultraman is not like that at all. Yeah. So like, great show. Uh, be aware it's not like the rest of them. Or don't watch it first. Right. Yeah, so I definitely would not recommend it being a first show. But if you like Ultraman and you've watched a few shows and kind of get the gist of the franchise watching it as an amazing departure of that or a deviation on the formula, then it's a fantastic show to get into. Mm -hmm. This was kind of what I was talking about at the beginning is like the, the franchise has a formula it follows and the interesting bits about each different series is how they play with that formula, how they deviate from it and what elements that they add in or subtract from or, you know, do what Nexus did and completely flip the script. Yeah. That's, that's my a, point. That's an interesting deviation. I wouldn't recommend it for every season. No, no, no. And if if after Nexus we got nothing but that, I would not like the way that the franchise would have changed direction. It's like if suddenly Kamen Rider turned into only Amazons. Yeah. 
I don't want to get into that. <laughs> we won't get into that. I promise. Ugh, man, I don't. I, I want to keep my stomach. <laughs> we went from talking about food and being sick at it. Let's go. Yeah. So um, after Nexus, after Nexus, we got Ultraman Max. Ultraman Max was a return to the status quo. It is the most. It is a very quintessential Ultraman show. It returned to its roots. Very happy, go lucky, family friendly. More or less, it was a course correction after Nexus, to say the least. After Max, we get Mebius, which is also a very popular series. I've heard I have only been, good things. I have, you've heard things? I've heard only good things. Yeah. So the reason why I have not yet watched Mebius is because it's a celebration of the Showa era. It's a celebration of those series. And they even get a lot of the actors returning. Oh, so you kind of want to like wait so you can get the full value. Yeah. And I, I see, I think you can enjoy it for what it is on first viewing, but you'll get way more out of it if you have a connection with those show off series. So my intention is to finish the show off series and then watch Mebius. I see. I feel that way about Decade. Right. So after Mebius, that is the last like major Ultraman series with a titular Ultraman that we get until Ginga. This is kind of around the point of the um, lawsuit. Mm -hmm. So they don't necessarily have a lot of resources to be putting into a yearly show. They go on to <clears throat> they go on to a series called uh, Ultra Galaxy Mega Monster Battle, which is a really interesting show. I enjoyed it very thoroughly. But it's about a crew of like five or six characters on a spaceship. And they find a character who joins the team. And this character has a device that allows him to control kaiju like pokemon i don't think i ever watched this one did i no no so this main character like gomura is actually more of the titular character like titular good guy character fighting the other monsters than even, like, because there's no actual Ultraman. Mm -hmm. If you don't if you don't like Gomera, watch this show. You'll love Gomera. <laughs> I like Gomera. I mean, I yeah, only like him because I, of a different show, but I like him. I love that kaiju. It's in my top three for sure. I don't know exactly where it falls, but it's in my top three. It kind of reminds me of Redan. 
like older versions of Rodan. Like in the head? Yeah. But say, because Rodan had wings. Well, yeah, but I didn't mean the whole of him. He, it, he just looks like a friend. You know? Yeah. I like mean, he, I agree with that. I, I agree with Gomera looking like a friend, but I would not say Rotan looks very friendly. <laughs> oh, well, look, I transitioned to two different thoughts, and you just got to keep up, man. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, well, moving on. About this time was when they shifted away from having a yearly series, and they would do movies and specials. Mm-hmm. So... This is around the time when Zero is introduced. He's introduced in the Ultra Galaxy movie. Mm-hmm. And everything that follows afterward is his adventures. He doesn't get his own series, but he gets a series of movies and specials that allow you to follow his, his adventures. Later, they cut up all of the stuff that he was in into 30-minute chunks and create a said series for him called uh, Zero the Chronicle. But it's just everything that he's appeared in chopped up and put into an episodic format. So I would just say just watch them in their natural state. You know? Right. But around 2013, they did a series called Neo Ultra Q, which was a was harkening back to the original show. It was just like a second season of Ultra Q with new actors, new characters, new stories, just more of it. It's weird, to say the least. I've only seen one episode of it, and I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I don't dislike it, but I don't think I like it either. It's like one of those things that's like, I definitely need to watch more than one episode to see how I feel about it. But it was interesting to watch the first episode. It's it's a gripping show. I'll give it that. I've seen the whole thing, and I think it's only like 12 or 13 episodes. It's not many. Mm-hmm. I still don't know how I feel about it. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's episodes I absolutely love. There's episodes I absolutely hate. And it just makes me a little uneasy. Hmm. But that being the case, I think it was its intent. You know, like it did what it was trying to do. Yeah, I mean, if that's how, if that's the emotion that they're shooting for, then they knocked it out of the park. So, if that is like what well, I like, I said, I don't know a lot about the background of Neo Ultra Q, but it does sound like that's kind of what they want. It's like once again, it's harkening back to the original Ultra Q, and that was harkening back to the Twilight Zone, which is like you're not supposed to feel good after the episodes. You're supposed to get mind freaked for a bit. Right, and I didn't mention this earlier when, when talking about Ultra Q, but um, I, w- I was actually just going to leave it for its actual episode, but it pertains to what we're talking about. The original title for Ultra Q was called Unbalance. 
Really? Yeah, that was the original working title for Ultra Q, but was changed because a popular Olympic gold medalist at the time did a move that was his signature move called the Ultra C or something like that. I don't know which letter, but it was the Ultra C or something like that. And because that became such a popular term at the time, they changed it to Ultra Q with Q being questioned. So the Ultra question. I know, weird, right? The Ultra question. I know this one. It's T. <laughs> I'm like, the drink? No, the letter T. Oh, the letter T. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. Oh, I haven't seen it. Uh, that, that's I'll the question. Probably get flamed. I'll, I'll probably get flamed for not seeing it. Well, is the that, answer is, is 42. The, so. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is the thing that the 42 thing comes from. Which, that, by the way, that actually does have some association to each other. This I'm not, I don't want to get into Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but... That there's actually something to be explained about that. You might want to look it up. It's interesting. Yeah, it's on the long list of things to watch at some point. But, you know, mm -hmm. not enough time. Not enough hours yeah. in the day. Yeah. So, Neo Ultra Q. I don't know how I feel about it, but I would recommend watching it at some point. Mm -hmm. Because I don't really like. I wouldn't say it's spooky. It's not really, like, scary. It's not intended to be, like, horror or anything. Um, but I don't really like spooky things. Just by nature. I don't watch horror movies. I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't watch... I don't like gory things. It's not... This show's not gory. But my point being is... It is gory I if like, you don't like rocks. I, I like... Like bright and colorful things. I mean, I'm I made a podcast about Ultraman for Lord's sake. Yeah, and we spent most of this episode talking about the interesting dark things in Ultraman. Yeah. And it it's just and, and the fact that I like actually enjoyed Nexus being like a different a tone that I don't normally like speaks how well the show is. But You gotta do like it right. I said, yeah, you like I said, people have their own tastes, mm -hmm. and if you like that kind of thing, you will dig the heck out of Neo Ultra Q. But once again, it's it's kind of its own thing. Don't watch it expecting for the Ultraman experience. Right, it's its own thing, and it, it's like I said, I've only watched a couple episodes of the original Ultra Q, but from what I'm told about it, is it's it feels like a season two. It feels like just more of the same. So if if any of the original Ultra Q is as weird as Neo Ultra Q, I'm in for a ride, that's to say the least. But yeah, so watch that if you're into that kind of stuff. Or don't. We're not your parents. Yeah, I don't care. Do what you want. But <laughs> as far as new gen... Oh yeah, here we go. Now this, this is where we go into this, new gen, right? This is when we get into all. Uh, this is when we get into mine and yours, bread and butter. I've seen all of this. You've I've seen, seen most of this. To be fair, all I need to do is 
Finish Tiger. Finish Tiger. Yeah. But yeah. All, all, all. Uh, you have to do is finish Tiger, and we'll have episodes on each of these series where we talk more in depth. But we're we're just gonna kind of breeze through this a little bit. So, hmm. like I said, well, there's a huge lawsuit that was going on. They didn't really have a lot of financial resources to put toward a new show. Things happened. They eventually got bought by Bandai of Japan. So Bandai has a majority hold share in uh, Subaraya. So this is when the shows get more poetic, so to speak. Um, There was always toys that they sold. They always sold vinyls of the Ultras, figures, costumes, masks, um, toys of the planes and stuff like that, monster vinyls. If it was something that you could... Hold in your hand or play around with, they made it. Yeah, like Beta Spark or Beta Capsule, um, transformation devices. They always sold stuff. You know, there was always merchandise to take advantage of. And the people who hate on the new gen because they said, I get, I, I hear this quite a lot. They don't like the new gen because it's just a quote unquote toy commercial but yet they completely ignore the fact that everything prior to it did the same thing. It's just this one is more of it. Like, and I I get it. I do understand. Because, like, it's way worse in Common Rider. Yeah. So I kind of appreciate how toned down it is in um, Ultraman. But right. even then, it's like, just... <clears throat> I wish it wasn't, but it's a necessary evil because it pays the bills. Without it, we wouldn't be getting any new content at all. That's absolutely the case. Absolutely. The show exists because of the toy sales. If it didn't have the toy sales, we wouldn't have the show. So, people want to complain about Bandai pushing toys in the show, but if they didn't, they wouldn't have the show. it's It's not ideal. But it's the necessary evil of keeping Ultraman alive, at least currently. Yeah, it might change at some point. But you also have to think, like, for the Showa era. Um, those were primetime television shows. Those were the family gathered around on Sunday night and watched these shows because that was what was popular at the time. But they fell out of fashion, you know? They weren't as popular as they used to be. So they leaned on other forms of of revenue revenue to get the show made, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this is when Ginga starts. And I do not have the time of day to sit here and give my spiel on Ginga. That's its own episode. It, it truly is. There's a Heck of a lot of things we could say, talk about in Ginga, and we will. Oh, we will because I, I, um, I like Ginga. I like Ginga yeah. a lot. But please do yourselves a favor. If you've never seen Ginga or you've never really seen Ultraman, do not start with Ginga. Absolutely, I love Ginga. 
with all of its flaws. And I love Ginga S even more. Arguably, you can start with Ginga S, but I would still say watch Ginga first. I disagree. I mean, I see where you're saying, but I completely disagree with with skipping over Ginga because you get more enjoyment out of Ginga S. No, no, I agree. I agree, but I'm saying if you've never seen Ultraman and you just really, really want to watch a Ginga series, I would say Ginga is skippable, but you will definitely get more out of Ginga S if you don't. Yeah. But if we're if we're pulling hairs at that point, I would just say start with a different show. Start with X. It, it literally comes after Ginga, and it's yeah. a great show. Yeah. So... Ginga, uh, Ginga and Ginga S is where they start with a toy gimmick, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So up until that point, they sold um, the vinyls were always the best sell. The vinyl figures were always the best sellers of merchandise for Ultraman the franchise. So they were like, "Well, why not we use our best seller as our toy gimmick?" So they shrunk the um the vinyls because at that before that the vinyls were six inches, and they shrunk them down to about four inches, and they called them spark dolls, and they put a little chip in the bottom of the foot that Ginga's transformation device could read, and he could utilize as powers, etc. He. This borrows from very much what Bandai does with Super Sentai and Kamen Rider. Starting with Double, I would say, is when the when the um, gimmicks started getting ramped up. Well, and hold on, the, I they, would... they exist prior. They exist prior, but well, I would no, say no, no. I would that. argue though for that it doesn't really start until O's because. As far as double goes, like pretty much every prior season, you still had like your main item, and then you had later on you had the upgrade, and those were two different things you had to buy. Like even Decade was like this, but double wasn't really different because the uh, the item that you buy for double was self contained. It came with all of the drives, like all of his power up items. Like you only had two extra things no, it, to buy. It didn't though. It did. It did as far as the complete, like, the reissue came with all four, but originally you had to buy the rod to get one of them, and then you had to buy the gun to get one of the... You had to buy the gun to get trigger, and you had to buy um, the rod to get metal. Oh, I didn't realize that. Never mind. I guess it did start with double. Yeah, and also the additional... That that was when they started with um, the legend gimmicks. Um... Because they had about 10 plus of the legend gimmicks of the memories, and then they had um, Dopont memories. And they made like like about 100 of those things. Uh, I never saw the legend ones, but I did know about the, the, the evil ones. No, there, there's definitely um, legend rider ones. Yeah, they didn't do the Legend Rider. Well, at that time, the Legend Rider things didn't get released every year. Yeah. Not every year. Because I think O's, they only had one. It was just Momotaro's. No, uh, the O's medals had a bunch of uh, 
a bunch of the uh, legend riders. Oh, did they? Well, then maybe they just did. Weird. Yeah, because they had a blue metal ring instead of the regular gold. Anyway, we're getting off in the weeds. Point being, Common Rider and Super Sentai. The if you want to complain about the show, uh, these Ultraman shows being toy to uh, too toyetic, give some Ultraman or give some Super Sentai and some Common Rider a try, and then come back to me and tell me if this show is too toyetic for you, because. Ultraman is the least toyetic, uh, toyetic out of all of them. Agreed. But that being said, the shows are still extremely, extremely enjoyable. And because we come from that uh, background of Kamen Rider and Super Sentai, I don't think it bothers us as much as it would bother someone who was coming from example, like a Showa Ultraman and they're trying to get into the newer stuff. And it's such a jarring thing. I think it, it's less jarring for us because it feels like a tone down as opposed to a tone up. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that statement. Like, like the, the all the complaints that the older generation people have that watch us about being too toy centric. I mean, it's not something we can ever say we'll have that perspective of because it's always been present for what we were introduced to. Yeah. And if anything, for us, it's less. Yeah, and and also it just doesn't bother me. No, because like you could say it's a toy commercial. I wouldn't disagree. But I love toys. <laughs> you know? I like being sold toys. It's like, wait, I can get product? Give product. Yeah, it's like, ooh, I love that. I want that. You know? It's like, I don't mind the toy commercial aspect of it. It doesn't bother me any. And I can see where it would bother some people, but it just doesn't bother me any. But that being said, we got Ginga, Ginga S, and then we move on to X. And kind of like what I said in our introduction episode, these series exponentially get better as we go on. Mm. They're finding their stride. Mm. I don't know about that. With, with some with some lulls. With some lulls. But speaking about Ginga to X, X is a far improvement. Mm. X to Orb. Orb is a far improvement. G... Or Orb to Jeed. Jeed is a far improvement to some. So some people would disagree with that. but mm-hmm. I mean, that's arguable. It's arguable, but the quality does increase and get better as it goes on. So, Ginga Ginga S, you follow a character. It's a very much a small story. Ginga S introduces the team aspect like we get in previous Ultraman series. X is where we really pick up the team aspect and we really get back to the original style of Ultraman with with a team 
the host for the Ultraman is a member of the team, it really dig it really digs into what it used to be like. And yeah. then it's also a anniversary series or is or it's at least treated as an anniversary series. I don't know exactly where it fits timeline timeline wise, but you do get a lot of returning Ultraman in it, which is a really fun ride, especially when you know them, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't need to know them, but it's you get more out of it when you do. Orb yeah. follows and this is really where we pick up the anniversary aspect. Oh, well, before we move on, one thing I do want to say about Orb, as far as, like, we've been saying which ones you should start with. X, you mean, or Orb? Oh, Orb, yeah. Okay, sorry. So, like, I started with Orb. Dime started with Orb. It's not recommended that you start with Orb, so... It's really, like, 50-50 up in the air because it is an anniversary season. Right? Yeah, um, I would... Let's let's leave recommendations towards the end. Yeah. Let's get through the rest of this, and then I actually had uh, lists of what we what we would consider recommendations for people who are looking uh, to start a series. Right. So let, let's 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 get through the rest of these real quick, and then we'll jump into what we would recommend someone to start with. Sure. Sure. Yeah, so Orb, like you said, is an anniversary season. And I started with Orb. I personally would recommend starting with Orb. But I can see where some people would not be able to get into Ultraman with Orb. For some reason, it took you a second go to get into it. And I mean, well, it was more so the first time you showed it to me, I didn't have a way to watch it. And I wasn't enthralled by it in the first few episodes because I was trying not to even watch Ultraman at all at the time. I believe we talked about this. Yes. But by the time we circled back to it, Mill Creek had started doing their releases. And I think it was more convenient for you. It was more convenient for me. I had a way to watch it. And I think I watched the whole show, including the specials, in like a week. Right. Yeah, you you mentioned that in our uh, first episode. Yeah. Yeah, so Orb is a really good show. Um, It was very popular, and they did a prequel series. And then after that, we got Jeed. Jeed is one of my favorite because Ultraman Zero comes back and is a secondary character in the show. And the host of Zero is just a fantastic actor. I don't want to give away anything about that, but if you haven't seen that, man, that that, that yeah. dude's a great actor. It was a fun show to watch. I really liked it. I, arguably, I probably could have started with that one instead, too. Yeah, and some people would recommend you start with that instead. But once again, we'll get back into that. Right. After that is Rube. 
that was actually the one you started with, like we mentioned in the previous episode. And I wouldn't say you should start with it. Well, I, I didn't start with it. It was my first one I watched as it was releasing. It was the first one you finished through all the way through as well. I finished... Uh, did I? Oh, I think I did. You're right. It's forgettable. <laughs> Not really, but... You know, I have, I, mixed, I have mixed opinions on my own opinions of Orb. I mean, not Orb Rube. Yeah. I don't hate and it. We'll get into this when we do our Rube episode, but I actually want to rewatch it before or before we do that. Is because I've heard a lot of other opinions on Rube. For example, uh, the Science Patrol, the guys over there, they absolutely love the series because they said it's a satire of the Ultraman formula. And when I was watching it, I was still fairly new to Ultraman. Mm -hmm. I had seen a lot less. And I felt that they were missing a lot of opportunities. There was certain turns that they did that I didn't like. And I just felt cheated by the show i think the reason why i was so harsh on it was because i was hoping it to be this grand orb like jeed like show that would get you into ultraman so you would want to watch it because this was being the show that you was watching as it was coming out i wanted it to be amazing so that you were impressed by it but because it was what it was, it left kind of like a lackluster taste in my mouth. So I feel like if I go back and rewatch it, A, knowing what's going on so I don't have unrealistic expectations for it, and also looking at it as a satire, I think I would actually enjoy it a lot more. So I want to, before we do our Rube episode, I want to go back and rewatch it just that's, to see if that's the case. Yeah, that's probably very fair, too. Like, I mean, a lot of things can happen when you want something to be one way and then it's not, and your opinion or perception of it can be skewed. Yes. So, like, we had a somewhat negative experience with it, but that's due largely in perspective due to um expectations which are bad sometimes when you're going into things. Like it's always, I don't say it's always bad to have expectations, but definitely can lessen an experience. When you go in with unrealistic expectations, it can sour an experience for sure. Yeah, I will, I will agree to that. And that's, I, I am like 90% sure that's what happened with that show for us. Yeah, and the thing is too, I actually really like the characters. Like, I love the characters. I have no problems with the characters. I think they're endearing and fantastic actors and can, uh, made me feel, like, emotion through their performance. My it's favorite character got done dirty. It. What? My favorite character got done dirty. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. And, like like I said, um, let's let's not get into that yeah yeah we, that's so once again don't. that's into it's gonna have its own episode we'll definitely talk about it but for now we're going to switch to taiga which i haven't finished was the series which was the series that followed directly behind that 
And I, I've seen the show, and like we said in our introduction episode, it was because of the the situation surrounding our ability to watch it. It left a lackluster impression on me. I didn't dislike it. It just didn't have the impact on me. And very much like Rube, I want to do a rewatch of this show before doing an episode on it to see if my impression changes. Well, we've kind of been doing a rewatch because you've been helping me finish this show. Yes. So, like, after we're done with that, I would have done my rewatch and do the episode. Which That's we, it. which hopefully, um, isn't it projected maybe that Tiger is going to get its release from Mill Creek this year? Or is that just speculation? That's just speculation. There's no way of knowing. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I told you about the um the when the deal was made, it wasn't out yet, so it's not technically Pardon in the one. Yeah, thing you. I remember yet. you telling me about this now. So we'll have to wait for whenever that gets re-upped and stuff like that. Well, it'll come. I'm. I. I am completely. I completely have faith that they will release it. It's just I don't know exactly when. But after Taiga, we get to the most recent series, Ultraman Zet. Yes, and Zet, for those of you who didn't realize, um, Ultraman has done, or at least Super Aya Company, has done a really, really good thing that was very, in my opinion, healthy for the shows. They started pushing official releases for them on YouTube. Now, they were timed releases. So, unfortunately, by the time you're watching this podcast, it's no longer available. Right. Um, so, but this does give you some heads up for future content as what's coming next, which we may have a name for. We're pretty sure we do. It's been, they've gotten the trademark on it. Right. Right, but... When it starts getting released, hopefully they'll do the same thing and they'll release it on their official YouTube channel and it'll stay up for about two weeks. So they that's what they did with Zet. It was very easily accessible and from my understanding, it was very well received by not only the fan base, but it drew in lots of new people. Yeah. And you, dear, you, dear listener, might actually be here because you watched Zet and absolutely loved it and wanted to learn more. I absolutely loved Zet myself. Zet was good. And, I really liked it too. Yeah, I absolutely loved that series. And though, would you say? I, I don't know. Here, we'll talk about this in a minute. Continue. No, go go ahead. Mm, there's a character in it who, well, I guess there's a, really a couple characters in that one that you don't have to know who they are. But it, it definitely enhances knowing the story if you know who they are. You know what I mean? Right. But no, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. But speaking from not my experience, but from other people's experiences with Zet, mm-hmm. I have I, I know of at least five or six brand new just personally 
I know five or six people who got into Ultraman because of Ultraman Z and have doubled back and watched Orb Jeet and dived into other series because of Ultraman Z. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I would, being the person that I am, I like to watch things from the beginning to the end so that I see all of the little things that sprinkle in. But Ultraman's really hard to do that with because it's so wide. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of hard to do when you're trying to gra- uh, gravitate towards finding a new show to watch. But yeah, uh but yeah, so that's the brief uh synopsis of Ultraman and the order in which they come in and the Ultraman adjacent shows. Right. And so um, currently do we do we want to go ahead and name drop the uh the trademark name? Oh, well yeah. I was going to leave all the uh news for the next uh Well, episode. it's not really yeah. news. It's just a what to what we think's coming next. Or what we're well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, we got the trademark for the next Ultraman show, Ultraman Trigger. Um, that's all we know. That's its name. So we'll figure that out. I did neglect to mention several movies, several miniseries. Oh, you did. You several, looked out nice, you jerk. Several website uh, web series several little things sprinkled in between that whole expanse that we will intend to cover at some point and there's also a netflix anime that we've neglected to mention it's a great show by the way i loved it we're getting a season two yeah and that should be out fairly soon oh really it's this year at some point. Is it this year? Okay, that's hype. It was supposed to be last year, but, you know, COVID and all that. Look, I, I, there are innumerable things at this point that didn't happen last year. Right. But we're, we're supposed to be getting that this year. Uh, but, yeah, so let's finish this off by kind of saying... What would we recommend someone to get into? Do we want to do subjectively and then objectively? Or? Either way. Either way? All right. Um, I really liked Zet. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. I think Orb might be my favorite Ultraman. Suit design, Ginga's my favorite. Um, But, like, overall... I think I would have to say a really good starting point, at least because that's where I really got into the series. I'd say start with Orb. I like Orb. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily break down subjective or objective opinions. I more or less tried to break it on, break it up by what kind of things you like. Because yes. with this show being such a different take, each time Mm -hmm. you get different types of people drawing to towards different series. So 
if you are like a kaiju godzilla fan of the older stuff you're definitely going to want to start with the older showa era series because it's the most like what you like you know it's the it's the most similar to the movies that you already enjoy so you're getting things that you will like if you are like us and you come from a general toku background of common rider or super sentai then i would recommend orb start with orb you're you're going to understand the general convention of how the show runs because it's very f- uh, familiar to you mm-hmm. and orb is just a good show in general orb jeed and zet they're all great starting points and yeah. for those people who are new to the henshin hero genre or tokusatsu in general but you kind of come from well let's say doctor who i would actually say neo ultra q is very similar in tone and execution to like the moffat era doctor who huh i wasn't expecting that parallel to be drawn and i would actually draw the parallel of the original ultra q to classic who mainly because it's just classic who feels like that early twilight zone kind of whimsical weird stuff going on kind of show you know what i mean yeah i kind of get what you mean i've only seen a few episodes of classic who i was a i was a fan of the Tenet and the Matt Smith era of Doctor Who, and those definitely feel related to Neo-Ultra Q, just in the scenarios you find the characters in and how they have to deal with extraordinary circumstances. So if you come from that kind of fan base and you're not quite ready for a transforming superhero, that might be a good bridge for you. But overall, it really just depends on your taste as a viewer for which ones you're going to like, you know? Mm-hmm. How about going through the wiki and clicking on the images? You know, see, oh, this is what Tiga looks like. This is what Dino looks like. This is what Nexus looks like. I mean, find a suit that speaks to you and then yeah. just try it you know i think there's a far shorter list of things we would say you might want to shy away from starting with because like yeah. i said my favorite suit probably ginga why because it has that cyan blue color glow and his name literally means galaxy these are big check marks that tick off for me but i would definitely say watch ginga after you watch something else because there are certain problems with ginga that we will discuss later Right. So yeah. So overall, just you know what you like. Yes. I don't know what you like. You know what you like. So I hope that what we kind of illustrated 
gives you some sort of direction as to figure out which direction you want to go with for finding a new Ultraman series to watch. And if you were completely new to this, I hope we at least illuminated a little bit and that you have a little bit of a understanding of what this franchise is. <laughs> and hopefully you'll find a series that you really like to enjoy. So to answer the question, what is Ultraman? Big man from space fuses with human to become Ultraman. Although his name's already Ultraman before he comes, so not quite true. Wow, cool. All that, I still got it wrong. Let's go. You're good, dude. You're good. <laughs> but yeah, um, I hope y'all enjoyed that. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at A to Z Podcast. Yeah, smash that bell, slap that heart, and reding those dangers, so we yeah. can keep up. If you uh, if you want, we have an email address that you can send us an email to, and we may or may not read it on screen. What well, what is that? Uh, what's that link? That will be a to z podcast at gmail dot com. And if you prefer to listen to your podcasts on YouTube. We also have a YouTube channel, so go and give that a subscribe and click that bell. Ring ringle dingle ding the bell. Climb the steps. You know, all that all that jazz that they tell you to do on you the YouTube. Yeah. And if you um if you prefer getting your news from really loud birds, uh we also have a Twitter which we do well well we put notifications out when we have a new episode up and we sometimes yeah. retweet uh Toku news, so that's right. And um Yeah. Also, we are now on a lot more podcast podcatchers, I think is what they're called. Platforms. Yeah. When we did our first episode, it was we knew we would be on Anchor and we hope to be on everything else but pretty much we're on anything you want to listen to us on at this point it um, yeah most of you seem to listen to us on Spotify which is fantastic go ahead do that if you want um i am under the impression we are on apple podcasts but since i don't have an apple device i can't exactly check that but I am under the impression that we are on that. So if you are listening to us on that, send us an email. Let us know yeah. that. Let us know because I I too do not own Apple products. So we assume it's on there. If somebody can I'm, tell us, I'd appreciate it. I'm told it's on there, yeah. but I can't confirm that. And when we say um, we're told it's on there, we're told by the program that it's on there. No person has told us it's on there yet. That's correct. Um, but yeah, so we're on Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, all that jazz. Um, also, if you prefer to listen to us on Podcast Addict, which is actually my app of choice, we are there too. So yeah, just go ahead, follow us, and also email us. We want to hear from you. There's actually a fairly decent number of listeners already. And I was actually shocked by that. I see you people in 
Malaysia and Singapore and Australia. I love you. Thank you for listening. That's our homies from different area codes. That's right. So we have been A to Z. Are you done? You got anything else you want to throw at us? Um, I'd have to throw very hard because, as you've said, we have listeners in Malaysia. That's right. But, um, yeah, no. Yeah, super appreciate all of you guys. Like, I was very shocked that um, we reached that far out. So I think that's really cool. Like, I'm really happy to see, uh, you know, in- international uh, A to Z. That's right. But, um, yeah, thank you all for listening. You are the best. I hope you have a great day, week, month. Um, let's make this year better than the last one, and let's do it by all working together for a brighter tomorrow. That's right. And be sure to swatch out for the next one.